1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: Welcome back to our front porch, y'all. This is another attempt for us to launch an episode of Off Leo's Rocker, the podcast of com. I'm Alan Carpenter, and beside me is senior writer Fred Owens. Hi, I'm here. Okay, good. You know, Fred, it, it's getting hotter out here on the porch, but it, I guess it happens in the summer, especially where you live. But the question I've got is, when are these Braves going to actually get hot themselves?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, odd uh, that you should ask me that, because tonight's a good day for them to do that. Uh, 21 years ago today, they they had their first winning streak of the 2001 season, and they went on to uh, have a 9-3, 12-game nine, nine road trip. And won the division by uh, two games over the team that was, they were trailing by eight at the time. So, yeah, tonight's a great time to start that. Uh, all you need to do is keep hitting. Uh, is that possible?
0: <laughs> well, it, it should be in Denver, but uh, certainly they got their hitting shoes on last night. Normally we do this on a Thursday. But we decided to watch the game last night, and it was a good thing because they broke out the bats in a big way and, and just kept going. Uh, just hoping that happens again tonight. Um, now, the, the real trick, though, is that it's not just the Braves having to win here. It's also the Mets having to lose, and it looks like, at least the way the schedule is, that the Braves may be primed to, to gain some ground because the Mets are playing all first and second place teams from now until the twenty. I think it's the twenty ninth of June. They got the Dodgers. They got the the Brewers. They've got the Padres. All kinds of teams that are really doing very well. And if, if the the Mets at least uh come back down to earth a little bit under 500 and there should be ways to, for the Braves to to make some hay cuz the Braves are playing a lot of teams that they should beat. Uh the, the Arizona Diamondbacks they didn't do so hot against those guys, but uh they got off to a good start against the Rockies and now like say maybe a chance for a three-game winning streak for the first time this year.
1: Yeah, that would be a good thing. I, I was, I'm a little concerned about the, uh, uh well, Ozzy's not playing tonight. He's not in the lineup and it's probably a good thing because he's not doing his, I mean, he runs into a few of them and he gets a few hits because he's fast, but he's not really the Ozzy he was in 2019 or, or any of that time because, uh, and it's, it's just odd that he's like that. I mean, he, I know he's always been sort of a first, first ball, fastball, go get him hitter, but, uh, Boy, he's just not been that good this year. Now, um, I guess that's probably part of the reason he's sitting tonight. Uh, I, I, I it's the only other reason I can think for RCA playing, unless, unless Ozzy just pulled up a little lame. I know that um, I didn't see anything last night, uh, so maybe that's—maybe it's just Snip trying to do that. What do you think?
0: I mean, he does like to give everybody a day off every now and then, and, and certainly he hasn't had one in a while, and it would be a good time to do that. RC has certainly shown that uh, when he gets off the bench, it gets a chance that uh, he can hit, and, you know, they certainly need that in the lineup for continuity. But, uh, I, you know, I had done a little bit of research earlier, and I'm just checking again now to see uh, how the fastball rate is on Ozzy, and it looks like Teams are just not throwing him fastballs very often, and that's about the only kind of pitch he can really hit. In 2017, he got, well, that was his first year, 56% fastballs. That dropped to 49.5% in 2018, 48% in 2019, 44% in 2020, uh, uh, back up again to 47.5% last year when he was hitting so well. But this year, 41%, 40.9 to be precise. Uh, he's getting a lot less fastballs to hit and my belief is that, and from what I've seen on BrooksBaseball.net is that he's also getting higher fastballs as well. He's not getting cookies down the middle. So my, my expectation is that that's what teams have done to combat him and it's working. So since he hasn't made the adjustment yet, he's not going to get any more.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Statcast has a slightly different sound. They show him at fifty point eight percent, but really? uh, that's that's fifty percent of all pitches are fastballs, but uh, as some kind of fastball, okay. Um, and uh, but the four seam rate, the four seam rate is thirty one point five, okay. Mm-hmm. So what he what he's what he's hitting really? Uh, let me see if I can get down around here. It, he's he's hitting sinkers, I think mostly uh and the um the the whole thing about this is it's just his expected batting average on fastballs is 221 so the hits he has got on fastballs have been those he's beat out on the infield that he probably shouldn't have beat out any any kind of breaking ball sends him into a into a tizzy and he, it's just um he's got a 083 batting average against uh, cut, a cut fastballs hitting 021 against I mean, he's seeing 213 against off-speed pitches. He's just not hitting much the, uh, except the ones that happen to fall to the end of the, his bat. And that, as you say, that's a that's a really bad thing for him.
0: Yeah, and in, in fact, I'm looking now at the pitch values uh, table and fan graphs about this. And the only thing that – the only pitch type he's got in – really good positive territory is the fastball. And yeah. even so it's half of what it was last year. He was at a four, 14.1, whatever that number really means. 14.1 on the positive ledger for fat against fastballs last year, 7.6 this year. Again, that's about location as, as well as um, anything else. Cause he's, he's just not hitting those fastballs anymore. Everything else is negative. Every yeah. every other pitch type is negative with one exception that is the slider where he's 0.5. So
1: yeah, the the yeah. I'm sorry as a, as the uh, as a team, the Braves hit fastballs. Now, now that's it. Okay. They're hitting 20 <laughs> they're hitting 204 against breaking pitches and 231 against off-speed pitches and 280 against fastballs. That tells you where the Braves are. And I some of these guys, I mean I don't understand why anybody throws them a fastball. I really don't. It's really confusing. Uh some of the fastballs, the ones that aren't the ones that are down out of the zone or down in the bottom of the zone are getting hit. But uh it's just you know on a four seam fastball, Adam is hitting one hundred seventy. Mm. Uh, in fact on a four seam fastball only Ozzy uh Arcia and Will and Willie the Kid are hitting over hundred on that alone. Um Ozuna's hitting 280 on it, but it has to be a four-seamer, okay? Those four-seam fastballs, they're murdering those. Everybody else is in the 100s and low 200s. It's just – that's all they're doing this year is killing fastballs, breaking pitches and off-speed, not so much.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering if that may have been – Significant part of the reason why everybody was going after first pitches last night. Pitchers obviously try and tend to get ahead of the count, and they like first-pitch fastballs. And if you throw one against the Braves, they're going to go after it and ambush it. And that's that's happened a lot last night, for sure. And I, I'll be curious to see what kind of adjustment that they the Rockies make tonight uh, to that. So. Still, this team has got to make some adjustments, and it, they're not going to get fastballs all the time, and good pitchers will throw something with a bend in it. And that's been their bugaboo the entire year, it seems. So, yeah, I, I think we're in agreement here. These guys need to be uh, doing something other than just uh, ambush trying to ambush fastballs. And if they don't do that, uh, they're not going to have good nights.
1: Yeah, and the the I don't somebody was screaming about why why isn't Willie Conferris in the lineup, and I don't know why he's not in. I haven't seen anything about him coming up or anything. I heard something on the broadcast last night about he might need an extra day to recover at, at altitude or something. But uh, he's only hitting o fifty six against breaking pitches, so hmm. it, why why would you throw Willie the kid anything that isn't got a hasn't got a wrinkle in it? I I just don't understand why you would do that. He's hitting pretty well everything else, you know. Off-speed pitches, he's killing them. He's hitting 400 against off-speed pitches, uh, and, and 500 against cut fastballs. He's do, he's killing everything else. So you know, you, you gotta if you throw a little wrinkle in it, you're going to get him. Out, oddly enough, uh, Riley has trouble is having trouble with uh, uh, some of the fastballs as well because of where the location is. Anything down in the zone, he's just not getting to, and he's missing balls over the heart of the plate. So. Yeah, Maybe this will change in Colorado. Maybe they'll get their mojo back. It's Colorado's usually good for that.
0: Yeah, well, if nothing else, balls don't break as far into Colorado as anywhere else. So, uh, uh things are going to at least look a little straighter, uh, overall. So, uh, they got Chad Cool against them tonight. He has a 356 ERA. That sounds like a challenge to them. So we're just going to see how that goes. But, um, other than that, uh, I've been, Kind of wondering if the Braves can get back into the NL East. Uh, right now, if the playoffs started today, they aren't in it. They've got yeah. to catch the Giants. I think they're, they're the last team in the, uh, wild card race right now. And it's like four games that were behind those guys and, uh, 11 looks kind of daunting, uh, to be honest. Yes, I, I are, I'm talking on both sides of my mouth here because I said, yes, the Mets are going to have a, a June that is going to be challenging for them while the Braves have a schedule that looks easy. But at the end of June, even taking that into consideration, I would be surprised if the, if the Braves were any closer than five or six games. So, What do they do uh, to get back in this race, really, is the question here, other than just hitting better?
1: Well, I mean, the the bullpen that was supposed to be the best in the league uh, on paper uh, just hasn't been that way. I mean, Kenley's been um, hittable. Will Smith has reverted to the, uh, the first part of last year's Will Smith. In other words, a guy who can't be trusted. Jackson Stevens been the, has been the surprise in the bullpen. I know yeah. he lost that game the other night, but that was a horrible place to throw him into a game. We, he was on a hiding to nothing out there, and uh, the, the throw to home plate by DeBall didn't, didn't do him any favors, not that the Braves would have come back and won the game, but throwing him in at the deep end, um, I mean, I don't know who else they were going to throw out there at that point. They certainly sure were going to throw Old, Man, I mean, Old Day out there. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, they had already used everybody that was dependable in the pen or even semi-dependable in the pen. Uh, what hurts is Matzik not pitching like Matzik, um, Smith not pitching like postseason Smith, and Mentor being up and down. I mean, if, even, if, even if one of those guys was pitching well and Kenley was having a bad night, you say, okay, let's just give Kenley a night off and put one of these guys in place. But they're not doing it. Um, and I, I think that the starters over the last few games anyway, have done their job. They're getting into the fifth and sixth innings of the game. Uh, they're keeping the games close. They're not giving up stupid runs. And even I mean, even when Anderson gets a little behind, he seems to bow his neck and get back in it. Strider's going to give you five or six innings. Uh, I think the the rotation's going to smooth itself out. I I just don't know what you're going to do. I At the start of the year, I said something on radio like, uh, if, after, if you're not ahead of, uh, of us in game, uh, the end of the fifth inning, just go home. But it hadn't worked out like that.
0: No, it hasn't. Uh, you mentioned one other Thing in, the, in the middle of that. And I want to go back to the second Arizona game, the one they lost in extra innings and had no business losing, frankly. Because uh, it wasn't just, you know, the pitching, I don't think, but it was also the defense doing stupid things. You mentioned uh, Duvall throwing home and, and overshooting a cutoff man when he could have kept a runner out of scoring position. He's not the only guy who did that. Acuna also airmailed a ball home. That, uh, he should not have been throwing because he thought somehow he could get a uh, runner out from third base, uh, trying to score on sacrifice fly. But what he did in that, in the process of doing that was allowed another runner to move up to second base who ended up proving to be the winning run. That wasn't the only problem too. We also had a couple of defensive lapses during the game that, uh, cost the Braves some runs as well. So we've had some odd games, not, you know, not like Philadelphia has, but, uh, certainly we've got, uh, uh, some games where the defense has sort of imploded or, or panicked or I don't know what you want to say about it. We, we had, uh, about eight earned runs, uh, eight unearned runs scored in a San Diego series earlier and that, uh, Arizona game was lost by unearned runs as well. So the, Team needs to tighten up on defense, and I, I sure hope that uh, when Snip made his displeasure known in, in the media after that game that he also brought that into the clubhouse and said, you guys need to tighten it up. You need to throw to cutoff men, do the fundamentals, stop getting thrown out of third base, and and things like that. Uh, you, we may have seen evidence of that last night. Yeah, they had a big lead, but uh, Michael Harris, for instance, did not try to extend a double into a triple. I think he would have made it easily, but uh, he he held up. I think Acuna could have had a triple in one case as well. So they they may be heeding that advice, I'm hoping, uh, that came from Snit to, to say, get your house in order on on. The base running, get your house in order on the defense, and then we'll worry about the pitching later.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that was part of it because when he came out and he said we threw pitch, we, the pitchers had to throw too many pitches they didn't didn't need to throw. That was purely a shot at the defense. Yes. And uh, I think that you know uh, they want you want to know why why Contreras isn't playing left field. He's a catcher, folks. Okay, I'm sorry. I know he's an athletic catcher. I know he's fast for a catcher, but he's a catcher. His whole total time in, in left field is probably less than Max Freed has left field. I mean, he's got, you know, it, it, I, I love Willie the kid. He's a great guy, but I'm not going to stick him out there at Colorado in the biggest left field in the in the in the game and and hope he can do it. Um, my my gripe about left field is that uh, you're you're playing Ozuna out there, which is uh, about the same thing. So. It, Duvall needs to play left field. Ozuna needs to DH, and we need to work around that somehow. And and the this whole this whole thing. It, what bothers me about uh, him is that he's not catching tonight. And after Duvall had that, I mean, after Darno had that night last night, I expected Contreras behind the plate tonight, and I don't have him, and that sort of is interesting to me. That's another side of this. The the outfield with Acuna. Uh and, and money Mikey in the middle and Duval on the left is good. Okay? Nothing's gonna go wrong out there, except well, Duvall had a rush of blood to the head, but mostly he <laughs> mostly he's smarter than that. Um but th- they're gonna to have to tighten their game up all the way around because this this team is not hitting like it did last year, it's not feeling like it did last year, and this bullpen is not as good as it was last year. Everybody throws rocks at Luke Jackson, but there have been a lot of times I wished I had Luke Jackson out there.
0: Yeah, last year he was uh, really nails in, in a lot of cases, and you know we we speak now of Spencer Strider almost the way we were talking about Luke Jackson last year. So he is definitely being missed at this point, and and certainly Matzik is being missed as well. And I, I hope he can get back in in the saddle pretty quickly. At least tonight, in in the Friday night game, we we are in fact seeing the outfield that you wanted to see: uh, Duvall, Harris, and and Acuna across the the acreage. And and I say that uh, w- without a tongue in cheek, because uh, in Colorado you basically do measure the outfield in acres, uh, and it, it's good to have some guys who can cover that. Uh, I am yep. very happy with what I've seen from from Michael so far. Yeah. Ozuna got lucky last night let's let's be honest about it he He was said to have trapped a ball. it didn't really trap it bounced and and managed to hit his glove as he was sliding there. He was at serious risk of that ball going behind him and I think the replay showed he was basically closing his eyes and praying when the <laughs> slide was happening and and somehow the ball found his glove but uh. Yeah. uh oh, but yeah, sooner or later, those guys those kind of plays are going to bite us. And if we can keep uh him on the bench as a DH, I think that's the best.
1: I I read something that uh, early this week uh, when MLBTR was publishing a list of uh contracts that uh players that might get released cuz they aren't playing up to the contract, and one of them on that list was Adam Duval. Yes. Now, I I don't know Duval's defense. Keeps him on the team because you know they're wanting to bring up Waters, um, and you know I like Waters. I think Waters' defense is good, but uh, I he's been injury prone this year, and he's uh, he's never played in the majors, and I think this might be a, a little big for him right now. So I'm not sure I would do that. But if if I had a chance to uh, to swap him out for somebody. Who could help and bring in somebody like Ben Gamble or or uh, somebody like that who can actually catch the ball in the outfield as well as him and may hit a little bit too? I'd do that. I just don't know that I don't know who it, who that person is. that would take him, and I don't think the Braves are going to just uh, designate him or, or or try to trade him mid-year unless they get an opportunity to make a swap for that. Because first of all, we don't know how much he's going to make yet. I don't think the, his his arbitrations come through. I may have been I may have missed it, but. Uh, I, you know, he's certainly not going to earn his arbitration money this year. Uh, and he's, with the bat, with the bat out uh, anyway, and with the glove, I mean, there are fourth outfielders out there you can get for a lot less. I just, I just wish that, um, they had just let him walk last year like they did two years ago and brought back somebody else. Um, I know that that's easier said than done in retrospect, and maybe things didn't look that way at the time, but, uh, I just, I read that and I went, yeah, I don't think so. What do you think?
0: Well, when you got a guy who, I'm not going to apologize for this exactly, but I am going to come up with maybe an explanation. And when you got a guy who had 38 home runs in a year, you got to be thinking, wow, that's really good production and it's really good value for the price point he's at. But even if he had dropped off some, you've got to figure that he'd still be worth it. But we didn't figure he's going to drop all this far, and that's the problem: is is that uh between the baseball not going as far and and Adam sort of getting back to what he was when we first uh had him up in the majors a couple of years ago, and and needed to, to send him back to AAA for some seasoning or something, then yeah, I, I I don't know that the Braves anticipated this kind of a fall on him. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'd agree with that yeah. Because, I mean, if he was even half as effective, that's still 20 homers. And that's still pretty good for what he what he's doing, especially with gold glove level kind of defense. The fact that he's had to spell things in center field has uh, sort of been a bonus. And uh, happily, that's over now. But uh, uh, it just means that the outfield defense is what we want it to be. Now we just got to get his back going, and I don't know what it's going to take to do that. Because right now, it seems like pitchers have figured him out, and like Ozzy and like others, he hasn't adjusted. And yeah. I don't know what it's going to take to to get these guys to to change their mindset and and you know, spit on sliders and and look for things that are actually in the zone that they can hit.
1: Yeah, the only thing he's hitting right now is the lower right hand, a uh, lower uh, quadrant in the opposite batter's box. He's hitting down. Uh, off the uh, off the plate and left-handed side of the bat, left left left-hand batters side of the box. That's where he's getting all of his all of his juice from, and uh, he's got a twelve and a half percent pop-up rate. Twelve and a half percent pop-up rate, and he's under forty-one percent of his pitches. <laughs> that yeah. that is not good, and I'm not sure that whether he's not seeing the ball. I'm not sure uh at, and he's over 21% because he's hitting warm. He's got 15% topped and under 41%. So that doesn't leave a lot in the middle. Um, mm. <laughs> for him to do that 41% undercut is why you can call him Pop Duvall this year because he, he's popping up all over the place. And when he doesn't pop up, when he gets it to the outfield, uh, is so high and it, come, it, it, he's so far under it that it's just a lazy five ball, a can of corn in the outfield. Uh, and, and it, that's why. He, I'm not sure whether his bat slowed down, whether he's not seeing it right. Uh, I looked back over his home runs, uh, and I looked back at his launch angles from 2016, when which was his best year, really, 2016-2017, uh, and his launch angle started going up in 2017. It went up in 18. 18 and 19, it was about the same. It went up last year just a little bit. This year, it went through the roof. And... He's so he's well under the ball this year, which is not it's not a good way to get balls over the fence, and that's why he's not hitting those twenty or thirty home runs. And again, somebody's got to point that out to him because they have all that data in front of him, but he's not adjusting to it, and that is a problem.
0: Yeah, and as pitchers seem to be elevating the fastballs more, that would account for it as well. If he can't follow that pitch up, but even those that he are, is hitting the you said low outside corner, um, uh, he's probably trying to pull them right. And he can't pull the, that ball and certainly can't pull it out of the park. Uh, he's got to change his approach and, and see if he can become maybe a little less of a pull hitter as well and, and see if that helps out. But, uh, that's not his style that that has never been his style. And, I don't know that uh, there's anything he can do about it other than just wait out the pitchers and look for for real strikes that he can handle.
1: Well, he's so. always been a pull monster. He's been a forty, yeah. been a forty-two, forty. What well, from? Uh, he's 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 been like he's at forty-five for forty-five and a half percent pull and thirty-five percent up the middle this year, and that's pretty much been Duval his career. Um, the problem that he's having is, and he when he hit the ball in the opposite field, it used to go out. Because it was there, he was getting a nice lift on it. But now he's underneath that ball, and it's a pop up to behind first base. I yeah. again, uh, I wish he would get it straight. Up. I you know, I, maybe maybe they need to reboot him. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, but, but whatever the case is, he's swinging under the pitch. It's going high. He's got a seven percent barrel rate, which is not the worst on the team. That actually belongs to Ozuna at four and a half percent. And Michael Harris has got 6%, but he's only got a handful of bats. Everybody else is in double digits, and there's a, there's a problem there. He's not hitting the sweet part of the bat. You can tell that by that it's going under the bat, and he's getting 21% burner rate, so he's killing a lot of worms, uh, and then he's got that 12% pop-up rate. All that indicates is all that's why he's not hitting his weight.
0: Well, let me move to another topic real quick here. Um, you'll, you'll probably bristle at the source here. It, it's uh, Jim Bowden on MLB <laughs> tr MLB Radio this morning, but uh, he was suggesting that the Braves need another pitcher, they need another rotation guy for for the long haul, and suggesting that all the guys that they've used in the fifth spot have a combined uh, ERA of something like six or seven. And he's right. Uh, you know, Bryce Elder has taken a turn, Tucker Davidson's taking a turn, Spencer Strider now his is uh, up in the barrel. But I, I my question is do the Braves look for a pitcher at the trade deadline or do they just Try and see if they can continue to solve this from in, uh, internal sources, whether it's those guys or Mike Soroka, if he can come back. You can't really count on him to come back, but you'll you may at least know what he can and can't do by the trade deadline. It, we've still got two months before that happens. But what do you think um, it's looking like so far?
1: Well, I, you know the the trade the the trade market is Frankie Montas, which we're not going to. Uh, uh, pick up and and then uh you're getting your you're you're looking at guys who are fourth and fifth starters you're drew smiley's and kyle Hendricks, quintana is out there with a 210 era this year yeah. and the reason Quintana's having having 210 era year is the ball's not flying as far and that's good i mean everybody's buying that so if you do that i just don't know that Anthopoulos is going to throw throw money and prospects at that if we're Double digits or or you know, that far back at, at the uh, as we get close to the deadline, this this team has got to get within spitting distance of the Mets uh, and at least into the into the postseason picture by the end of July, or he's going to run run with what he's got because there, there's nothing out there that's going to make a significant difference to us now that we've got Mikey in center field unless he can actually replace Duval or. If maybe he replaces Heredia with a bat and uses Duval as the fourth outfielder. Uh, you know, I got no problem with that. It's just I just don't see who that guy is. I mean, Loria not hitting yet, um, and the pitchers on the market there ain't much. So I don't know who I don't know who Bowden suggested. Did he make any suggestions
0: in terms of the pitchers? He mentioned the guys that you mentioned, uh, also uh, from Cincinnati. Um, Shoot down his name is Tyler Miley. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, uh, Louis C- Louis Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, yeah, we
1: we can't afford Castillo.
0: <laughs> I didn't figure that much either.
1: Uh, and, and him or him or Montas, both those guys are going to cost more than we can give them.
0: Likely, because I think uh, if Oakland had was ready to to sell him, they would have already sold him uh, at the uh, preseason point. So I I think that. Uh, Somebody's gonna pay the price, but I don't know that the Braves have got the price that that they'd want to to do that. So I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that we're gonna have to ride it out and and see if, uh, see what Mike Soroka can do, see what uh, some of these other guys can do, and just kind of let that go. You mentioned the outfield though, and there is one other name that we haven't talked about that, uh, might be worth taking a flyer on at the right price, and that's Michael Conforto, because he's still sitting out there uh, at home with his feet kicked up and hasn't yeah, had surgery a on his shoulder, did he? He well, I don't know what the the state of his shoulder really was, and and that, they haven't been very forthcoming from Scott Boris's camp on what uh what he really did, but my suspicion is that. If he ha- can hit at all, he ought to be able to take something cheap to be able to prove his worth for next year. Yeah, and, I, I, last
1: I read, he was yeah. having surgery on that, and Boris was saying, "Well, you know." And then, but 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 I, I thought Conforto had said that he was going to have surgery, and and because that okay. shoulder fixed. 'Cause because he can't afford next year without a good shoulder. Without a good shoulder, because you know, if he's over the winter, he's going to get a pillow contract somewhere. Maybe Atlanta gives him a pillow over the winter. He doesn't get that sur- shoulder surgery. Nobody's going to give him a contract because it might, his arm might fall off in the outfield. I mean, he can't do
0: that. <laughs> yeah. So. And what we've already found out with things like Ozuna is that, uh, if you have shoulder trouble as an outfielder, you might have some trouble hitting, uh, getting back to hitting well and maybe the throwing too, but. You know, that he's going to have to prove himself. Then I, I didn't realize that, uh, we were looking at a surgery level event here, but apparently that's the, uh, if that's the case, then he's not going to get anything from anybody. So yeah, um, I, I suspect that we've got the center fielder we're going to get. The only question then is, uh, do you want to replace Heredia? Do you want to replace Duvall or at least put him on the bench or something? I, and I don't know that. That's going to be in a, a scenario that uh, they're going to go after necessarily. So you you may be right in that uh, we may be doing a little more standing path than we've done before. Maybe another reliever if things continue to go downhill a little bit in the bullpen. But uh, right now, it, it, it doesn't look like uh, to me that uh, there's an all in situation here.
1: No, I don't think so. I think you know what we've got: Preston Tucker at at uh, Gwinnett. And quite frankly, what's out there is probably not much better than Tuck. And yeah. I mean, you know, he's really not a great defender, but at the same point, where he, the guys who may be available, Ben Gamble might be available at Pittsburgh. He's been hitting the ball, plays plays good defense, kind of a fourth outfielder guy. He's available. You might pull Lee in half away from the Braves, or away from the Cubs, rather. Because as Haps Haps been playing good defense this year, and he's versatile; he can play all three positions, and in a pinch, he can play a little infield as well. But I don't know. You know, it depends on what you're going to give up for these guys. In other words, these guys are not going to be pieces in your in your build. So, and and they may not be enough uh, a difference maker on the team. So, what do you, what are you willing to give up for a guy who's what do you? I mean, last year we gave up Panda. <laughs> for for Rosario. and we've got eddie coming back so you know it, we hope and so if 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 we can give up a panda or an alex jackson kind of guy uh and get a get somebody back who uh the anthopolis magic works on i'm for that but i'm not going to go out empty the empty the cupboard for a guy who is going to walk at the end of the year and who may not do any good
0: So basically we're looking at a trade deadline acquisition of Mike Soroka and Eddie Rosario, and that wouldn't be terrible if they both could uh, perform up to their levels. I I know know that uh, we're going to expect that uh, from either one of them necessarily, but uh, uh, it's probably about as good as anything that uh, we can come up with otherwise. So yeah, I, yeah. I
1: don't expect Soroka to do more than uh, four or five innings a game maximum when he comes back because he hadn't pitched in two years. I mean, really. And and you can't yep. just no matter how much how much long toss and, and mound work he's going to do, he's going to come up and be a two or three inning guy. You know, I just I, you know, I, I love Soroka if he was healthy and he was pitching well. That's fine, but we've, we've got to put reasonable expectations on this guy, and he hasn't pitched for two years. That's the yep. bottom line in this. So you can't throw him out there and say, go give me seven, Mike, because he'll try, and then his arm will fall off. And we can't do that. So Same all- as what happened to Matzik yeah. last year. We pitched him and pitched him and pitched him until he and the adrenaline on the postseason got out there, and he just blew, blew those guys away and scared them to death, and now his shoulder's sore.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the unfortunate part there. But, uh, so on the offensive side, it's like, okay, throw Rosario out there, uh, put Duvall on the bench, got, uh, Contreras on the bench and occasionally catching to, to give us some punch as well. I mean, really, our, our catching tandem right now is really Hitting very very well, uh, but I don't know how you get them both into the lineup at the same time and, and on a consistent basis. But you know, if if we were to see that kind of thing happen when Rosario comes back, I don't think that's a, a terrible thing. And if the Braves end up doing nothing at the trade deadline at all, that may be okay. Well, and I think the, that I think the comment,
1: I'm sorry. The, I think the comment from Alex that said. Uh, the team's uh, talent speaks for itself. Uh, well, I, I'm sure it does. I just wish it would speak louder. Uh, that <laughs> the the if if the team plays as as a, I mean Eddie Rosario was a 30 home run guy. Okay, now how is he going to be? How well is he going to see after the surgery on his eye? The dog says he'll be fine. Yeah, okay, he'll be fine. But you know, is that fine for a person or fine for a professional baseball player? And right. You know you're you're in that part of the area where there's not with all oh, so many teams fighting for a postseason place you know you're unlikely to get anybody to, to give anybody away or fight get be able to get Ben Intendi from Kansas City for nothing who's hitting 337 but that's you know his peripherals don't really reflect it very much and he can play left field and in a pinch center field but again not much power there uh, 15 18 home runs. And again, his peripherals could all go away if he leaves Kansas City. So you don't know what you're what you're doing. I mean, uh, um, I just don't know. I, I I would love to say, oh, go out and push this button and get this guy or that guy, but I just don't know who there is out there. And I've looked pretty hard. I just think that's uh, it's ridiculous to expect it to happen two years from now.
0: Yeah, and I'm just glad there's, we don't have 14 teams in, in the playoff picture because uh, talk about your seller's markets. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it's going to be bad enough with 12 teams going. So are you watching the game right now?
1: I'm watching on game day. I don't have a, a video feed in here.
0: Okay, well, that's unfortunate because I was trying to figure out what in the world just happened with Acuna. I guess they tried to double steal, and, and he got thrown out at home.
1: I don't know. I uh, all, all I saw is uh, all I'm seeing is the game day, you know, the uh, batters and, and all that. Set Swanson steals second, out at home. Catcher Diaz to second baseman Brendan Rogers, back to Diaz. That's what it says in game day. That's what I see.
0: Yeah. So, and Even. Riley
1: walks. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I could have had bases loaded, one out there. So that that actually leads me into another thing. We've got Apple TV tonight. One Sunday recently, we had Peacock TV at a ridiculously early hour. What in the world is Major League Baseball doing with this streaming thing? I I'm, I don't quite uh, get it yet. Uh, they're trying to make uh, make everybody literally run all over their their TV channels to try and figure out how to find a game these days, and it's getting a little annoying I, in in my book. And yeah, I don't know answer. how if I'm going to get the game at all i'm
1: I'm going to give you the answer and you're not going to like it mlb is making the money back at lost in 2020 when they went out to these streaming things they said well mlb is going to set up its own streaming service here's the truth about the streaming service no streaming service uh commitment my my five or eight dollars a month or whatever it is to a streaming service or even fifteen dollars a month to a streaming service is going to pay them the price they have to have for uh, for that game, if they can't do a little ad pushing in there, and MLB launching its own streaming service knows after MLB TV that it can't make money with streaming just the games. There's no there's no money into that streaming the games. So they're selling a few games here and a few games there to the to YouTube and and uh, Peacock and Apple TV. And, uh, and Lord knows what else in the, uh, in the invention. And these, some of these guys are fringe players. Some of these, some of these streaming services are going to go away. I don't expect Peacock to hang on. Uh, NBC, uh, quit bidding on the, on the thing when it found out they couldn't outbid Fox. Uh, and, and they're back into this because, hey, well, let's try to get this now, but I think they're going to fall off eventually. These, the, the, but this is all anything, anything MLB, anything MLB does. The first thing you ask them is, how much money is that making them? And that's always the answer as to why they do things. Why don't they have a replay official to every ballpark? They'd have to hire 12 more umpires. It costs too much money to do that. Why are they spinning these off? Because it makes the money. Why are they going to play baseball in London? Because there's money in it. Why are they going to play baseball in Tokyo at some point? Because there's money in it. Everything MLB does... Is, a, is towards making money for MLB that they can hand out to the owners as their split percentage or whatever it is that, the, that MLB as an entity brings in because all that money goes to MLB and then expenses are paid by MLB and then the rest of it goes back to the owners. That's where the owners make their money back. They don't make it directly from the team. They make it from MLB making money and giving it back to them. So uh, that's why MLB does anything. Uh, it's follow the money.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree with you whatsoever because that's obviously the uh, the motivation. And if you've got a baseball-only streaming service – you're not going to get many subscribers to that, not at the the level of money that they really need to be able to to make any coin at it or, or to be able to, to handle their expenses. And, you know, certainly the going rates right now for all the other streaming services, five or six or seven or eight bucks a month, except Netflix, is one of those deals where – they can't charge more than three or four bucks for for the baseball, and they need more than that if they're going to be the hosts of it and set up the infrastructure to to make that happen. So, yeah, I, I'm with you entirely that outsourcing is their only real option here. I just wish it were on a single source at least, so that we didn't have to worry about where to find a game on a given night. It also well,
1: is going to stream, they have exclusive regional network rights for, I don't know, a, do, a dozen teams. And when yes. they spin their streaming service up, according to what I read, they're going to stream all of those games. But I don't know how they're going to react to the uh, blackout thing. Probably the blackout rule is going to apply, uh, which is dumb way. But uh, th- mm-hmm. I did see that Valley is going to spin that up, and they're going to do it with the streaming services that they have. But uh, you're, you're right. Right now... Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's no real way of going out and say, oh, I'm going to push this button and I'm going to watch the Braves game because <laughs> it's all a toss up. And that just proves what most people already know. Uh, MLB doesn't give a damn what we think as individual people out here as long as we spend money, uh, on it and as long as the television networks spend money on it. That's why games start at nine o'clock at night, uh, in the postseason. Uh, that's, that's, that's exactly why it happens. It's money.
0: Yeah, and that's also exactly why I will not be doing the Bally, uh, streaming because while I was rattling off, you know, five, six, seven, eight dollar streaming services per month, uh, Bally's talking about something a lot higher than that. And frankly, that's going to be way too high. I already spend too much on my, uh, my cable, my internet and the streaming services I've got. Uh, I don't care if Bally is trying to make back the money that they've been losing uh, from having bought the regional networks. I'm not going to help them uh, satisfy their debt that way. So they're going to have to come up with a different way or a different price structure, and I suspect that I'm not alone there. They're going to find out uh, that soon, I imagine, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that uh, all comes down the pike in another few months here, I guess.
1: I think uh, I think Apple will hang around because they, they got they got the money to hang around yes and and when they once they've once all the deadwoods dropped off to the side, then Apple will get more expensive. but Apple can also afford to do it for the price of MLB TV. in other words, if you're taking Apple now and they, you know MLB TV it's like 20 bucks a month or something like that 30 bucks 25 bucks a month so if if you're paying Apple uh, 12 bucks a month anyway and they push it to 20. Uh, for that, then, and you want to watch a different game every week, you're going to be able to do that. But the individual game streaming, that's going to be on, and you're going to find that as you find it now, on MLB TV and on, on Bally's Stream, uh, and wherever else you can dig around and find a hole.
0: Yeah. Well, it'd be nice if Liberty Media could step in and, and bail out some of these guys on, with, uh, pennies on the dollar deal to, to save their necks or something, and that way we can have the Braves all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they tried to buy they tried to buy the networks when Valley bought them, right? And they they lost the bid for that because they were then going to spin up individual networks for the Braves and and uh, the teams in the southeast. They tried to buy the southeast region. And they were going to spin up individual networks like the Yes Network and whatever that network is in Chicago
0: and, and such. Yeah. yeah.
1: And spin them up. And, and of course, then the Braves will be part They'll owner of the network, which will be make them uh, let them pay the network the money and then they get part of it back as owners, as well as the advertising income and all that. But but uh, Bally stepped in there and almost. um Well, that's it's it's, it's Sinclair. Sinclair is a cable guy. Bally is actually Sinclair Media. Yes. And, and Sinclair Almost tripped over it when they bought when they stuffed when they bought that uh, 2020 about killed them and they were still spe- they were still spewing money in 2021 and um, I don't know what they've got this year but uh, but, but I, this is going to be the kind of thing that uh, it's going to continually anger fans from now until I'm long gone out of here and <laughs> and there's no real way out of uh, fixing it I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I still say Major League Baseball is the only major sports, uh, outfit that rations its product. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's not good for the fans, not good for anything. And. That, uh, between blackout rules that we've had for a couple of decades now and, and now this nonsense, it's just making it hard for people to consume the product. But that's the the pet peeve I've had for years. So, but the TV Don't networks are changing. paying
1: a million dollars. I mean, the last, the last contract, uh, last contract, uh, that ESPN put out there was like twice the previous contract for, for fewer games. And, yeah. and, and so, and then, the the whole point of expanding postseason, all that crap about it making it more interesting for the local people, that's not true. It the the, net, the networks wanted more games, they wanted more postseason games, and so MLB was going to get money from ESPN, they were going to get money from TBS, they're going to get money from Fox, and they're going to get money here and they're going to get money there from all these games that were going to spread out. That's why they wanted fourteen teams, yep. sixteen teams. They didn't care, but. About the competition level. They don't care about the fans. All they care about is that the networks will pour money into them because the networks know that unscripted live, unscripted sports is cheaper to put on than scripted material and that they, they save money by doing that. So it, it, everybody makes money but us.
0: So get all those channels on. Dial on your remotes and figure out how to get a hold of them because you can just go between each one of them and try and figure out where the Braves are whenever uh, we're on, whenever they've got a game on, whether it's uh, now postseason if they get there and and all that. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Fred? I'm, I'm I, the, my back's getting a little creaky in this rocker here.
1: Yeah, I understand. I, I don't, there's nothing really going on here, uh, that, that really I, I want to get into too much. I, I think that there's a couple of good stories down the road coming out. Um, right now, I think I, I don't, I'm not going to slap, slap Chuck Peterson, but I think, I think I'm about done.
0: <laughs> well. That, uh, it seemed like an interesting, uh, little fantasy league that they had going there. Uh, if Mike Trout's a commissioner and he's about, and he's talking about himself getting booed for, <laughs> for doing whatever he's doing there. But, uh, uh, I, I think a $10,000 buy-in to get in the league is a little stiff for me. So I'm, I'm going to.
1: According, according to Brad Lidge and, and, uh, Spielberg, Spielberg then, the guys, they run those leagues all the time. And that $10,000 buy-in isn't, isn't unusual at all and wow. the, and the 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 payout at the end of the year is oh 10 times that maybe
0: yep well they're they play in a league that i'm not familiar with <laughs> me, me too i don't play in, the game in,
1: at all and i can't afford to can't afford to look at it much less than ten thousand dollars
0: yeah but it is funny how to see or seeing that uh pro athletes uh do this crossover and pay attention to say in this case football, uh religiously enough to be able to keep up with that kind of stuff. I have enough trouble with baseball. But
1: <laughs> Lynch said that said they they at draft season all the team players get in come into the lounge wearing their their uniforms or their football teams and they there's a big there's a lot it's a big camaraderie build thing and I'm just telling you that I can't afford that much camaraderie.
0: Yeah. Remember when they just used to play Fortnite or something? Yeah. It hurt their thumbs, as I recall. (laughs) There you go. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, It's getting a little warm out here. I'm going to go inside and get some lemonade or something. But uh, that's uh, off Leo's Rocker for this week. And we... Hope you guys can let us know how we're doing and keep reading the stuff that we do on TomahawkTake.com. We appreciate your efforts to look at our thoughts because we really appreciate the opportunity to, to write this stuff as well. But for now, Fred and I thank you for hearing out these two grumpy old men, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of Off Leo's Rocker, a podcast presentation from TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants as Minute Media is most obviously completely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by tomahawkdick.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. I'm just going to go now and start a pot of sweet tea as I try to figure out which shell the braids are going to be on tonight. We'll see you next time. For the ones who
1: work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.